You're listening to the Earmark edition of Laying Down the Law with Billy DeClerc, Esquire. You can earn free NASBA-approved continuing professional education credits for listening to this episode. To get started, download the free Earmark CPE app, register for the course, take a quick quiz, and get your CPE certificate. It's that easy. Learn more at earmarkcpe.com. And now, on to the episode. Warning. Laying Down the Law is a comedy podcast intended to be humorous. Human listener discretion is advised. From the Beyond Unreasonable Doubt Studios, in association with Feitner Productions, it's Laying Down the Law! With your host, Billy DeClerc! Hey, that's me. Yeah, that's right, Billy. That's you. <sighs> Featuring JC, Pia Smith, and Griffin Taylor. Only a madman would dare to bring these people together to build a world of law and order, only to tear it apart with laughter. That madman is attorney Billy DeClerc. The result is a podcast blasted to the farthest reaches of the internet. That podcast is this one, and it starts right now. Welcome to Laying Down the Law, the number one law and comedy podcast on the internet, or so I've been told by myself, when I'm by myself. Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome. What we do is we take real, uh, real legal cases, sometimes out of law school textbooks. This one is out of a textbook that we're going to read today, um, and we take Uh, top improv comedy performers, and we improvise a fully made-up comic scene. I want to introduce my guests today. First, welcome back to the podcast from season two, a brilliant comic wit, improviser, co-creator of the legal comedy hit show You're on Mute, a Wikipedia savant, and licensed realtor, trademark all rights reserved, Mr. Jay Singh. Aloha. (laughs) next welcome back a costumer comic improviser actor star of second city show live rude girls comedy show law and disorder and she can be seen in the films listen water and willamay the church lady vampire slayer welcome the very talented ms pia smith thank you thank you great to be back all right. Finally, welcome back to the podcast, an actor, writer, improviser, star of Second City Hollywood and the Groundlings, another member of You're On Mute, a sketch comedy artist, and my brother from another mother. Seriously, some people cannot tell us apart, um, except when we're standing together because he's about uh, four feet taller than I am, Mr. Griffin Taylor. Hello. Yeah, nice to be here. Yeah. Um, Well, I'm thrilled to have you all on the show, but first we're going to have a word from our sponsor or sponsors. Insert advertisement here. So let's get into it. Um, Let's talk about our case of the week. This week's topic is undue influence in the probate area. The idea of undue influence is when someone makes a will or a trust, you can sometimes challenge the will or trust saying that the person who uh, made the will was a subject of undue influence by someone uh, that is usually a beneficiary. Um, And the classic case is a, a subsequent spouse and disinherited children. 
That's the, the, the most common case. This case um, is about the heir to the Johnson & Johnson for, uh, fortune, uh, Seward Johnson. And he was basically born rich into the Band-Aid fortune. Um, and and he, he was very litigious, right? That's why he was named Seward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think maybe it's like Seward. Like he was, uh, I don't know if it was Seward or Seward, but he was a uh, very, uh, he liked boats. Um, he liked oceanography. He actually almost crashed his boat when he saw his soon-to-be third wife while married to his second wife um, sunbathing. So we'll get to that. Um, you did like that's a horoscope. Yeah. Lieutenant Diane. Lieutenant Diane. That's pretty much it. Hey, another just non sequitur. Wasn't one of the Johnsons black? Wasn't one of Johnson and Johnson? I Am I... Is, am I wrong about that? Doesn't matter. Not that this is about race. Oh my God. But I just. <laughs> this is America. Yeah, Every... We have to know this. Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Jay's already on it. On it. I'll be doing some research. If I type in Johnson and Johnson Black, am I going to just get porn? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Oh God, I have to get a new computer. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, you've got it bookmarked. There's Johnson Products, George E. Johnson Sr. from Johnson Products. Mm -hmm. It's an international cosmetics empire headquartered in Chicago. I don't know. That's not the same, but it's not Johnson. Johnson a different Johnson. Okay. Different Johnson. Okay. Okay. I think yeah. that's what I'm thinking about. Okay. Okay. Well, All right. Yeah. And Afro Sheen. Yes. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about there the Afro Sheen. The Afro Sheen. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the no these, relation to Charlie, right? No relation to Charlie Sheen. None. Okay. Oh, None. wow. Nice. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> That's Most amazing. people are related to Charlie Sheen in some That's way. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Johnson and Johnson, they were, they were brothers and they um, had invented an adhesive tape that turned into Band-Aids and that turned into a multi-million dollar fortune, which uh, proceeded to ruin their family for generations. Wow. So Seward was the son of one of the Johnsons and um, was born into money, was wealthy his whole life, um, was married three times. He had four children from his first marriage and two children from his second marriage. In his 70s, I believe he's 74, 76 years old, a young Polish emigre named uh, Basha came to the United States with $100 in her pocket and an art history degree. Um, 10 months later, she found herself um, being hired by uh, Seward Johnson's then wife as a cook. She, uh -oh. was, she was such a terrible cook that she got demoted to chambermaid. Wait, what year is this chambermaid? <laughs> <laughs> the year, uh, that was in the, it was in the 70s. Wow. Whoa, yeah. people had chambermaids in the 70s. Well, they weren't, I don't think they were too clear on what her title was exactly, but she became sort of a, a personal attendant. Um, at a the, PA. Yeah, the equivalent of a PA for wealthy, these people that are wealthy at this level, I mean, it's just, it's a different, it's a different life. Yada, 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 one thing leads to another. And Seward uh, puts her up in an apartment in New York and fills it with art. And on one occasion, he brought his son, uh, Seward Jr. by to show, uh, to show him this apartment where he had, he kept Basha. It, eventually, um, he uh, got a divorce settled with his second wife for $20 million. And a week later, married Basha. None of the children were invited. None of his six children were invited to the marriage. 
this legal battle starts in the 80s um, when after he dies, he completely disinherits all six of his children and leaves everything to Basha, about uh, $500 million. Do we know why they never had children? Why Basha and, uh, and Seward never had children? Yeah. Uh, I think they were too busy scuba diving and buy, traveling internationally buying art. Okay, so we were, um, okay. I, I don't know. You know, he he was seventy something. She was thirty four. Oh, yeah, younger than um, most of his children. You go, girl. Yeah, in I'm fact, sorry. I'll show you guys because <laughs> this is a visual medium. But that's a picture of Seward and Basha on vacation in the Bahamas. Okay, pull back like- a little bit. I know. I feel like James Joyce. <laughs> okay. That's okay. The podcast listeners can't hear either. <laughs> I'm gonna. Um, I'll look. At, I'll look it up myself. Yeah. I want to see. Ref, yeah. Um. Here. I'll try. Try again. Can you see? Blurry ref. Uh, <laughs> oh, she's topless. No, she's what wearing. She's not. It looks topless from this resolution. It looks like she's topless. It's. It's not much of a bikini, but it's a bikini. And um, listeners can't don't see this, but Billy is he fogged out all of his backgrounds. Who knows what kind of pictures he has up in the background? <laughs> Every time someone fogs their bathroom, their background, okay. you can't help but just. Uh, oh yeah, you want to see all of my? You want to see all the pictures of my wife and kid? Yeah, and, sure. and it's like and when people put when people uh-huh. put tape over their self viewing camera on their laptop. What are they afraid of? Wait a second. <laughs> Have you what been are you looking? Can you see that? It's blurred uh, out. It's your camera's <laughs> automatically censoring whatever you're looking at. Oh, my other <laughs> the camera that's built into my laptop also has tape over it. So. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. And then when I'm not on Zoom, I um I turn I turn my camera around. I'm very I saw the Edward Snowden movie, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have things that the Russians would be interested in knowing. <laughs> I mean, the they're very interested in all my uh you know i have no idea my comedy actually we do uh, you know laying down the law does perform very well in the ukraine um it's got it's one of the higher rated comedy podcasts because um are you Pia, being serious no i am serious it's one of the higher it's it's where my it's the number one performing country in the world of laying down the law it's like oh my when, god we should we should be speaking directly to them well we are you know it was it was actually your performance pia that's largely responsible for that stop uh, it yeah no uh, the reenactment of the call with uh, president Zelensky from season one. Oh my god my head is swelling law. it's yes. not even gonna fit in this frame no i mean oh. they're they're genuine they're genuine <laughs> fans that are like oh at uh, Pia is back. She is back on the show. My God, we got to go Boss into a live tour. Exactly. The live laying down law tour of the Ukraine. The Ukraine. You right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right. All right. All right. So Basha was a, she was an art history major from Poland. She came to the United States at age of 34 with $100 in her pocket. 10 months later was hired by Seward Johnson's wife. Uh, then uh, shortly thereafter became Seward Johnson's third wife. And um, they proceeded for the next 12 years to travel the world together, scuba dive by art, you know, do the things that wealthy people do. Seward Johnson had a basically a personal lawyer from a top law firm in New York, and he was assigned a young associate by the name of Nina Zagat. 
Nina Zagat is probably better known for her work with her husband writing the Zagat Dining Guides, which okay. they had started uh, when hear they were. That, hey? Yeah. They they started that when they were in Paris as law students and they they started collecting reviews and then they're New York lawyers and they were, you know, would eat out and then they would collect these commentary and turn into this side business that they were doing. So so Nina Zagat was basically the personal go-to lawyer for Seward. Um, you know, she would write his checks for him, kind of manage his accounts. If they were going to buy art, she would negotiate the art price, like basically a, a you know, a consigliere to him and, and, and would win around the world. She was kind of mysterious in the law firm in this group that was focused on these ultra high net worth people. Um, and they would just basically get assigned to somebody. And it was very discreet because she was much closer in age to Basia and went everywhere with them, I guess they actually became kind of friends. So in the litigation, the issue of, of how close of friends they were became kind of a, uh, a contentious issue. So Nina got passed over for partner after eight or 10 years at the law firm. And I believe she had, she had been Seward's Johnson, Seward Johnson's lawyer before Bashik even came into the picture, but she had a couple of kids at home. She had another interest. She's writing this dining guide and basically wasn't made partner at her law firm. So Seward Johnson, six months later, changed his will. And he was, he changed his will all the time. He was, you know, that's what wealthy people do. They, oh, the tax law changed. I'm going to change my will again. Um, so one of the ways he changed his will was he gave, he, he had three trustees on his will or three executors. And under New York law, you can do it by a percentage instead of by a, by a fee. And so he set the, um, the, the New York statute percentage which was 2%, meaning that the three executors, uh, Nina Zagat, his son, Sue, uh, Seward Jr., and Basia, each got $6 million executor fees um, after he died. Um, so that's like a, that was a huge reward for somebody who was, you know, oh, uh, no. yeah. So, so, so that was a, an, an, an issue in the, um, in the, um, litigation. Um, the other, uh, the other issue was that he had completely disinherited all six of his children. Um, so this, um, did hmm? someone else do this? Didn't, uh, more Buffett do this or he more Buffett limited, like all his kids are getting pretty much like six figures at most. Mm -hmm. And he said they can earn their way. And then he's given the rest to charity or something, isn't it? Yeah, he's yeah he's giving it to the I believe the Gates Foundation. Oh really? I think so. Bill Gates. Yeah. He needs the money. Definitely. Yeah. They're very underfunded. The Gates Foundation. <laughs> yeah. He's giving to the country of Monaco. Yeah. Well, Monaco, yeah. the richest yes. country in the world. Well, uh, sort of like, yeah, sort of like um, Warren Buffett, uh, Seward's thinking was he, he, he wasn't particularly close with his children and his children weren't particularly close with him, um, possibly because he was more interested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had just got learned out of his well. My, my law school, my law school textbook refers to him as a Randy septuagenarian, which. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but yes, um, I love that the like a pen name. Randy is such a generic. Sincerely, yeah. 
Um, Just like romance novels. Right, right. <laughs> but that's power when you can be defined as that as yeah. opposed to what you really are, which is a, a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a Randy septuagenarian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, his kids had been given plenty of money over the years, is his figuring. And he, they had given him Johnson & Johnson stock to the tune of like $100 million plus um, wow. in the yeah. 80s, which is quite a lot of money. So he figured they already had all, these money in, all this money in trust funds. And some of the kids hadn't been able to live just off of the allowance that that stock spun off for them like they had invaded the trust funds because they were just like that right. they you know they they like to spend money on things and I, the, there's a book written about this that goes into a lot of detail about all the different kids and the different things that they did that were crazy um and um so he figured and this had been the case for many of his wills for years he had taken them out years before he died um, but in his last will, it was about 30 days before he died of, he had cancer and, um, um, he had updated the will, um, to also remove a gift to a nonprofit that he started in Florida that was uh, dedicated to oceanography. Um, so he had, he had had, a, um, he had had, um, money in the will for this, um, nonprofit foundation. Um, and he took that out gave more to gave the rest to Basha. Um, so, um, and then they had different gifts to a bunch of servants, five, $10,000 to all these different servants that how, Basha had hands hired over the years. Wait, how often was he editing his will? Frequently. I mean, to make, to basically the way, uh, the way this, the, the, um, stories basically every time the law would change or he, he he would get mad at somebody and he'd update as well or or you know it was just it was kind of a that was one of his you know other than boating and scuba diving and buying expensive art and um you know um philandering um you know updating his will was kind of like the next thing on the list um, philandering is very close to philanthropy yeah it's, right yeah <laughs> It's it, true. It keeps on giving. Fine line between the two. Yeah. I like the idea. I like the idea of him using uh updating his will. Like him just having a like a Google Doc that he edits all the time. <laughs> just like every small, stupid little infraction. Right. You know, opening up the Google Doc. Yeah. I'm updating my will. Exactly. Like yeah. every time he has a conversation with his kids, he's like, hey, just so you know, I've got the Google Doc opened. So how uh -huh. was your day, Francis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just telling yeah. you to live long enough to, to find out about Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. Be editing that I, all day. I, I, that was pretty much, that would have probably kept him in his second marriage because it's quite, it's quite consuming to update Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep, keep him really busy. Um, in his last few months, you know, it became clear he was terminal and the kids came back to visit him a lot, um, in the last five months before he died. Um, and, uh, he didn't put them back in after he died. Um, the kids filed a lawsuit, um, in probate court in New York, claiming that he had been 
subjected to undue influence at the hands of Basha and Nina Zagat, that they had basically persuaded this enfeebled old man to change his will on his deathbed when he was too weak and, and was being misguided. And um, it was a very splashy trial. It was, a, it was in the newspapers. It was the talk of the, the New York legal community. There were 30,000 pages of depositions. The trial lasted six months. There, there's some um, belief that the judge was actually kind of hinting that she wanted a bribe. She kept making rulings in favor of the kids and against Basha. Basha was basically portrayed as this holy terror, screaming psychopath. Um, like everything, like they would tell, you know, the kids would say these stories about how she would was terrorizing their father and would like scream at him and make him do things and like, like called him stupid. And like, like they portrayed her as this just this, this ins like insane controlling woman. Maybe she was, I don't know. Um, and that, that basically she and Nina Zagat had, had, had conspired and colluded to enrich themselves um, at the expense of the kids. He here's the thing. Under New York law, if the last will had been set aside, then the prior will would have gone into effect. And the only real difference, as far as the kids were concerned, between the last will and the prior will was that the nonprofit would have gotten like $20, $20 million more. And so the nonprofit was also represented by a big New York law firm. And they were they were uh, kind of hoping to get it set aside too. Um, so, but it wouldn't have done I'm them sorry. any good. Yeah. Right. So even if, even if the prior will was reinstated was the will yeah. that went into effect the kids still wouldn't have gotten anything right they would have had to go back i think five, like five or six years or something like that and wills uh, and all of the the prior wills it was clear that you know, he wasn't sick he wasn't like he was just right, right. he was huh. just a dick so um can, as, I, can he, I just say not to critique your profession billy mm, but no please do the legal, <laughs> the legal field seems, seems like such a waste of paper Oh yes. Like all hey, these Bernie. lawsuits and all these like everyone needs copies of the same shit. And it's just like no one reads these huge contracts that are hundreds of pages, thousands mm -hmm. maybe. I like know. just think of like the people printing off these things and like just how many trees, how many, you know, how much of the rainforest in the Amazon is is the, yeah, destroyed the by legal cases every year <laughs> by some guy changing his will to spite his kids. Right, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, is, just, it, is a lot of it digital now as opposed to like physical paper? Um, it is a lot. It's moving to be um, more digital. I I maintain a paperless office to the extent I can. Um, oh. So so because um, I don't like dealing with paper because I don't read it either. To be very frank. Oh. <laughs> Anyone who's looking for legal services, you heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> Even the stuff I write, I'm just like with my eyes closed. I'm just typing. It's like you know the the ten thousand monkeys on a typewriter. I'm like I'm billing by the hour. Who cares? It takes me ten thousand hours. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So the first law firm to announce their carbon neutral is. Yeah. I like it. Um. Yeah. So so it was pretty pretty interesting. Um. A uh, six-month trial, um, a lot of testimony about how the kids were jerks, how um, Basha was a jerk, how Nina Zagat was a uh, preying on uh, this opportunity that she was that she was somehow manipulating things, and she had actually testified that she advised um, Seward. He he said, um, you know, um, he asked her, you know, what can I do to make sure that. Um, there's no litigation after I die. And she said, Oh, this is airtight. It's not going to be a problem. Um, you know, he, <laughs> which is kind of like naive on her part, but, um, 
but yeah, she, they thought because it was, um, you know, they, he got, they got a doctor's note at the time that he was of sound mind. Um, but it was kind of a perfunctory thing. And, um, he, he wanted to write a letter basically explaining why he was doing it. And she said, she, uh, testified that she had told him that would just lead to more litigation, or he said that he thought it would just lead to more litigation if he wrote a letter about his intentions. So it was, that is essentially the litigation. Anyone want to guess what happened? It, it did go to the jury guesses on how it, how it played out. Very respectful. Yeah. Basha got the money and she married like a 24 year old uh, servant. And they went back to wherever he was from, the Balkans. Yeah. (laughs) You're all wrong. It settled while the jury had the case. After they they gave the case to the jury, Basha essentially caved in and gave each of the gave the kids 12% of um, which is like multi-million dollars. She also paid the legal fees for both sides to the tune of about $20 million. Oh. Wow. Uh huh, and the gifts to Nina Zagat and uh, st- ended up standing. So she, Nina Zagat ended up doing that, and she got all the, all the art and all the houses and everything, and ended up continuing to build this palatial mansion that is now a PGA golf course in New York, I think. And that's the end of story. And Nina Zagat went on to do restaurant guides. I don't think she went back to the practice of law after getting six million dollars. Yeah. Wow. All this can be, uh, if you're interested, there's a book called Undue Influence, The Epic Battle for Johnson & Johnson's Fortune. It, it's, it's inaccurate because it wasn't for Johnson & Johnson's fortune. It was only for Johnson's fortune. Johnson's fortune. It's a really, really... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Are you not supposed to judge a book by its cover? Uh-huh. So it's, it should be the epic battle for one half of Johnson's fortune. 1993 by David Margolik. Wow. So any, I, I mean, so it, I guess things looked bad for her, which is why she settled or did she settle because she actually had a heart and wanted the kids to have the money. Do we know? Uh, I think she settled because things were looking pretty bad. Um, the, the book kind of plays it uh, or describes it that the lawyers for the kids were exceptionally aggressive. Um, they, they had a lot of questionable tactics. They portrayed her as a you know, as really a horrible person. And then they got all these rulings from the judge that were in, like she lost every ruling in front of the judge. Like the the judge was very biased. They thought uh, it was the kind of the the take on it. Um, Very biased against Basha. Um, And interestingly, um, you know, the, the, the way the, the probate court system in the state of New York worked at the time um, was that, if you're a if you're a judge and it was called in the court of surrogates, um, you the way you'd get challenged is something would go up to the court of appeal, but none of the court of appeal judges would really challenge somebody below because the way you made money if you were on the court of appeal was you got hired as a private referee or a guardian or you know a, a an administrator of someone's estate and you collect fees that way, and so you didn't want to piss off any of the judges below by ruling against them because then you'd be hurting your own chances to get appointed for one of these plum gigs um, for these wealthy uh, you know probate cases. So um, so it was pretty good sign that the judge was very 
biased against Basia and she was probably going to lose. Um, and so that's why she cut a deal that was so bad for her. Um, and the other thing too, that's interesting about the case. Uh, another interesting aspect is that during his lifetime, um, Seward Johnson was, was heavily, um, guided to make sure that Florida was his domicile um, for a whole bunch of reasons relating to tax and estate taxes and stuff. He, he didn't want his estate to be taxed as most rich people don't. Um, and so Florida had very friendly laws. So he made sure that he had a house in Florida, that he voted in Florida, that he lived in Florida enough at the time. Um, but then when they went to probate his will, uh, they probated it in New York, which is the reason why Nina Zagat, the executor, was able to get the New York statutory probate fee of close to $6 million. So, um, so that is kind of questionable in itself, too. It might have been a different outcome if they had probated the will in Florida. Wait, so it's called a fee, but it's really their inheritance, or it's like what they get in the will? The so um, so an executor administrator of a of an estate it's you know it's the job of dividing up the assets after someone dies right um, and so that job comes with a fee in any in any kind of probate or trustee case um, and the fees can be quite large um, if someone is going to be a uh, they can they can be reasonable they can be large sometimes they're set by the court sometimes they're set by the this terms of the estate plan, but that's actually a job that you have to do. You have to figure out, you know, um, you know, who gets checks, who, what bills need to get paid off, what, um, what needs to happen to property that the person owned, you know, who's going to get the boat. Are they going to sell it? Um, who's going to get the house in New York? Who's going to get the house in Florida? How do you determine the value? All that work isn't done by the court. That's done by the trustee or the administrator. Um, and that person gets paid a fee. Um, and it can be set in a, a variety of different ways. In this case, New York had a statute that said there can be a statutory fee that's a percentage of the value of the estate which is much more money than, uh, than it would have been paid. Um, and, and Nina Zagat was paid fees while she was working for um, Seward during his life. So it wasn't like it was working for free and then you get this bonus at the end or something, you know, afterwards it was, mm -hmm. but, um, but that basically the, the, the testimony of the evidence was that he felt like she had been, uh, not treated right by his law firm, by her law firm, and that she ought to get something from his estate. So he wanted her to have the money. So who knows if that was true or self-serving or, um, but that was what the evidence was. Do you know, just off the top of your head, what percentage of people have wills? Um, I don't know the percentage, but it's not enough because 100% of everybody dies. Uh -huh. Wait, 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 what? Feel so, like backed up. Yeah, 100% of everybody dies, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's true. That's yeah, I don't think true. you have your You're facts not a It's true. Yeah. It's true. No, it's true. It's true. I've I've extensively wait. researched this on Wikipedia and what was that other one? Uh, uh, sportsnet.com. WebMD.org. <laughs> Does everyone die? Everyone. Um, so I don't know. It's, so what, it's a low percentage. What happens when someone doesn't have a will? Okay, I know Cal. This, so under California law, um, um, you 
there are sort of three boxes you can fall into. One is if you have a trust, one is if you have a will, and one is if you are what's called intestate, uh, which means you don't have a will or a trust. So if you if you die intestate, then it goes to probate court, um, and probate court um, will um, assign an administrator of your estate, and that person will be responsible for disposing of your assets, paying off any debts, um, and then your assets are um, divided up according to a statutory scheme that that basically says um, it, there's a rule. It's called the rules of intestate succession. So it like goes to a spouse first, and then it goes to your own kids first. And there's a um, a table called the table of consanguinity. I would like you to slowly pronounce the word consanguinity. You said it perfect. Did I? You did. I gave this to my dad in law school because he would always talk about like, who's my cousin once removed, my cousin twice removed. So it's all, it's arrows and like family relationships. Yeah. Looks like a pyramid scheme. It is. Yeah. Family is that. So you have (laughs) first, first it goes to your children and your parents. If you don't have a spouse, then your grandchildren and your grandparents and your um, uh, brothers and sisters. That's the second degree of consanguinity. The third degree of consanguinity is your aunts and uncles, your nieces and nephews, and your great grandchildren. So it goes up and it goes up and down and across. Um, is there is there such thing as like a spite will? Like yeah. if you have a lot of debt or like if you have like a lot of beanie babies or something yeah, and you pe- just want to like, <clears throat> you have a lot of figurines and you know someone hated them and you always resented them for their hatred of your figurines. <laughs> People do all kinds of crazy stuff in their will. And some, you know, a lot of times they cause a lot of pain to the people they leave behind, like the people that they leave out of their will for uh, not, yeah. not really a clear reason <laughs> Or, or you know, like, there, Pia? why did you, like, why did you, like, why did you give all your money to, to, you know, this sibling and not that sibling? And that's what caught, I, it, that's really what causes a lot of these undue influences or will challenges. Um, because someone's like, why did I get cut out? I don't understand. And uh, also greed. Greed. Yeah. Well, and, and so practitioners, this is a problem you deal with because the person who made the decision isn't around to say why, right? So, so Ouija um, board, Ouija board. Exactly. Are so, Ouija boards, are those, legally, they hold water? Yeah, they do. Absolutely. <laughs> Can you call us examples? Here's a, a question. Do they sometimes like leave a note in the will? Like, and the reason you're not in this shit Jeremy, it's because yeah. on June 12th, 19, you know, is there, is there a lot of that? Sometimes there is that sort of thing. Sometimes um, what people will do is um, they will do a video. Um, oh my God. Like, like a Whoa. video explanation. There were like good, bad, or indifferent. Um, right, right, right. But, but, but like, you know, I've left you this, I've left you that. And part of that is for the evidence that it's not undue influence, that the person is of right. sound mind, um, that they are, you know, that they, um, you know, are in possession of their faculties when they're making the decision. Um, so it's partly evidentiary. And partly, I think, you know, there's a human impulse. If you feel like somebody, some, if you've been wronged, then you're more likely to run to court. But if you understand the reason why something happened, then, you know, as a practical matter, maybe you're not. 
And if there's video proof of the person saying, mm-hmm. no, I'm not wrong. This you is, don't yeah. get the money. Yeah, yeah. I meant it. Yeah, I meant it. Um, Billy, I, you can help me a make mistake. a TikTok will. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How, What's how legally long? Binding? Yeah, how, like how long? Is... While explaining how I'm a, I am of sound mind. Exactly. <laughs> and all these comments yeah. coming up on the side. Yeah. yeah totally. This reminds yeah. me more than anything of of Anna Nicole Smith. It's yeah. it is similar to that. Well, which, well, there were two layers to that, right? Because such a sweet love story. Because, you <laughs> yeah. know, the old guy. I'm thinking of the love story, definitely. But then she died like not long after he did. Oh, that, I, I, that's right. I forgot. And so her. Trim spa, baby. I blame Trim spa. Her, um, yeah, I think so. Her, her yeah, will contest went to the United States Supreme Court. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Holy wow. Shit. Yeah. Anna Nicole Smith's, I don't remember why, but it went all the way to the Supreme Court. Um, and there was a lawyer named Howard Stern on that case, wasn't there? Right. I think you're right. He was married yeah. to her. Yeah. Um, I, um, I, I, because I remember that <laughs> they made him make a video, like her and like somebody, some dude, some other person who was, you know, jockeying for the money but do you remember that like they made a video of him saying i am of sound mind and i want but he looked crazy in the video like it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it exactly. was not of sound mind yeah the video doesn't always work well the other thing that that works and that might have worked in the Seward johnson case to be very honest um is a no contest clause um and so a no contest clause is a a lawyer workaround um, to prevent people from filing a will contest. So what you do is you put in the will a clause that says, I'm giving you this much money, but if you challenge this will, you get nothing. You get nothing. Wow. So it raises cool. the stakes. So you're like, so it makes it like a, a different kind of a bet if you're thinking about challenging the will, because it's like, if you're not getting anything, you've got nothing to lose by filing the will contest. If you've got something to lose, because if you, if you, you know, let's say there's a million dollars in there for you, if each of the kids had a million dollars gift that if there was a no contest clause, they might not have challenged the will for the hundred million dollars figuring, well, you know, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to put a million dollars on the line to potentially, you know, to potentially lose that. I am so glad I was born a pauper. Well, you know, (laughs) when I think of all of this nonsense I could be going through, I just, you know, it's easier. (laughs) Yeah, I actually, um, when I was preparing, there was a quote, one of the grandchildren of Seward Johnson um, was quoted as saying, if we hadn't have had so much money, maybe we would have been a better family. Ooh, yeah. Oh, Burn. wow. Tugs at your heartstrings. Insert advertisement here. Good morning, boys and girls. And welcome to Suey's Playhouse. Yay! Yay! Today, we're going to talk about the word of the day. The word of the day is cryptocurrency. Yay! Yay! Can you all say cryptocurrency? Cryptocurrency. I would like to go first in using cryptocurrency in a sentence. 
Oh dear, I have come to the laundromat without any cryptocurrency. Yay! Yay! I, I can go second. It's the only uh, way I've heard it used and it's my dad talking on the phone. Excuse me, call girl. Do you take cryptocurrency? If not, oh well. Yeah! Yay! Uh, I will go third. Uh, I, I wanted to uh, rename the uh, founder, this is hard, of Johnson & Johnson uh, as uh, the cryptocurrency word Johnson combining his first name with the end of the word currency. Yeah. Yay! That was confusing, Terrence, but I liked it. You're welcome. My dad also uses the C word a bunch. Yes, that's what he said before he married the chambermaid. Wow, Pee Wee's changed a bunch since it's been on HBO. I feel like it's a grown-up college internship version of the Pee Wee's Playhouse where we learn big words. Yay! Yay! Well, tune in tomorrow where we'll talk about non-fungible tokens. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Coming up next, The Real Housewives of Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tammy, 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 Tammy. What, what is it, darling? Tammy. Yes. Grover yesterday crashed his Beamer again. Oh, my again. God. I don't know what I'm going to drive to my daughter's debutante ball. Seaman, I think that you are going to have to tell your daughter that she has got to get off of her ass and get herself a job. You just got to put it out there. These kids I, are so spoiled these days. They're so, you're so right. You're so right. You're so right. You're so right. Uh, 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 Grover, get in here. Grover, get in here. Get in here, Grover. 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 We've been talking. We've been talking. Tammy and I. Tammy and I. And and we think you need to get off your ass and get a, a job. You have been. Oh. You've been driving your 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 father's car all over town, and you crashed another BMW. Get a job. I have a job, and it's putting up with your BS. Grover. Yeah. Listen to Auntie Tammy. We have just been um, looking at the will over the last week, and uh, we were just getting ready to make a live video that uh, might be evidence of you being written right out of it, unless you get your shit together. Get your shit together. Get your shit together, Grover. 
I told you, I, I'm in classes, I, I'm an art history major, I'm doing my best. It, it's, a, it's a degree that can lead to real money once I get it. Once I finish school, I only need maybe six, seven more years. Seaman, I think you're going to have to be a little bit more forceful with Grover. You're right. You're, you're right. Understand the leverage that we have at this moment. That's right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to completely disinherit you, Grover. Completely. Unless you finish your art history major in five years. Five years? That's like five years. A class a quarter. And we're going to cut your monthly budget, your monthly allowance down to $10,000. See how you do with that, Grover. Yeah, do with that. $10,000. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk about starving? Yeah. See how you can live on $10,000 a month. You're spoiled. You're spoiled. You're spoiled. You need to get it in gear. Get it in gear. Get your ass in gear. How dare you? You know, I I hate you. I hate both of you. I don't care. I'm going to go live out on the Sesame Street. I don't care. I'll have that garbage can. And I've got all of that on video. Just so you know, Grover. And it's pretty incriminating. Good luck out there in the streets with your $10,000. A month. You'll make it. Seeman, that was pretty good. I think we put him in his place. That was, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Now let's get, let's, let's, now what, should we, should we tell one of the, tell one of my other kids? Oh, absolutely. Which one should we tell? I think it's time to get Roman in here. Roman, get in here. Roman, get in here. Get in here, Roman. Seaman has something to say to you. Yeah. I am tired of you sinking our speedboats. I've just had it. You sunk three speedboats last month. Three, three, three. Yeah, but I told you, Dad, I've always dreamt of playing a real-life game of Battleship, and I thought you believed in my dreams. Well, can't you have dreams that involve sinking fewer boats? There's a grid here, Dad. I'm playing along with the grid. Oh, that's actually kind of a good plan. You know what? That is actually kind of a good plan. That is kind of a good plan. Yeah, well, I guess it just sunk your Battleship. Yeah, I think you did. I think we should, we should, we should maybe up his, up his monthly allowance. I'm thinking so. I think we need, yeah. Maybe increase it by about 30,000 a month and maybe even give him extra to make a documentary. Why don't we, why don't we just give him one Bitcoin every month? Oh. Give him one Bitcoin every month and one boat, one Bitcoin and one boat. Roman, Mm. we're willing to give you one Bitcoin a month if you could tell us the meaning of the word. Bitcoin. The, what's the, the word? The meaning Bitcoin. of the word Bitcoin, Roman. We have these. I don't know what they are. Okay. Well, it's uh, a name for a specific currency that uh, is based off of um, uh, uh, blockchain technology, uh, which is itself a ledger of endless calculations that are carried by. You're losing me. Uh, it's really, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of dumb. 
and it's destroying the world. So oh, well, that's better. That's a good explanation. It's getting good. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, speaking your language. Perfect. One, we like you so yeah, much better. Than so much product. better than Grover. So much so, better. Yeah, he's still living in that trash can. Uh, but he'll be crawling back any day now. We've given yeah. him ten thousand dollars a month to live, and he'll never make it. <laughs> 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 but you are just showing yourself to be the shining star of this family. And you're yeah. going to be able to spend all that Bitcoin. Uh, I don't know how, but some way. Or those Bitcoins. Yeah. Some way. I'm good at that, mom and dad. Spending is in my blood. It's consanguineous, if you will. Oh. Wow. Very nice I, use of that word. I don't know what it means, but it sounds good. Why don't you tell us what the word means? Okay. For more it, money. It is a form of blockchain technology, which itself is based off of an endless ledger of calculations that are used to destroy the world. Stop. That's the same thing. So the, that's different okay. words, same meaning. He's trying to mix the, us up. Yeah, I'm so confused. That's why I keep winning. Huh. Right. I need to have a word with your father. Yes. Can you, uh, can you step out for a minute, Roman? We have some things to discuss. Yeah, I'm going to go back to the harbor. Don't go far away. Just go into the living room and we'll call you right back when we're done. Which one? Upstairs or downstairs? Downstairs. Smarty downstairs, Pants. House one downstairs, house Smarty Pants. Okay, I'll be there. Well, uh, Seaman. <clears throat> yes, Tammy. I think he's trying to pull a fast one. I, I don't understand any of the words he's using. Well, very, he's, trying, he's trying to mix us up because he knows I, 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 it's more than us. Yeah, he is. He, he, you know, that all that expensive schooling and the nautical training and all that. He learned all these fancy words and port, starboard, cryptocurrency. I don't know what oh, any of it means. I have no idea what he's talking about. I don't know what he's talking about either, but it sounds great. I don't know what it means. Now I don't know if I like him better than Grover. Oh, I definitely. Yeah, yeah, I don't know either. I, 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 Let's uh, get Grover back in here. I think we should give him another chance. Oh, absolutely. I have an idea. Should we get them both in here? and have a word off with them and whoever comes up with the best description, something we actually understand. This is, you know, that's how we do what we do every week. We always have these, these fun family games. It was getting kind of boring, but uh, for some reason, I think it'll be entertaining tonight. Yes, yes, yes. Grover? Roman? Get off the street, Grover. Get out of your trash can. I've been looking through the window, yeah. Finally, you guys called me back in. I'm already out of that 10 grand you gave me. I knew it. I knew oh. you'd never make it. Cufflinks, cufflinks. Look at these cufflinks. Oh, Ooh. wow. Oh, are those made out of bottle caps? They are made out of bottle caps, but they're Italian <laughs> bottle caps. I bought each Ooh. one for $5,000. Whoa. Yeah. That's great. Really... He's a smart one. Wow. I, I investment. Italian bottle caps. It's that's, not a big deal. That's I've kind of been collecting. Oh, that's kind of appreciated value. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Hey, hey, mom, dad, I just wanted to say, I've been thinking about stuff. 
Tell us. And I'm really sorry. You know, I mean, I think I've been reckless with not only your possessions, but also with your hearts. And I want to say that whatever I can do to put myself back in your good graces, I want to do. Uh, regardless of any self-interest, I just feel like you guys could either die at any moment, you know? You guys are old. You're pretty old. And um, I want to enjoy and make the most out of every minute I have with you. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful, bro. It's beautiful. I'm just going to open up this Google Doc right now. I'm just going to open up this Google Doc right now. Let's get Roman in here too so he can witness when we update the Google Doc right now. Okay. I want Grover to have everything. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm going to update it. I'm updating it right now. Everything to him. Everything to Grover. All the. Grover, you were always my favorite. I never liked Roman. When I was <laughs> to him, he was pinching me on the way out. <laughs> you would never like that to me. <laughs> you were my favorite. <gasps> oh, oh and, I always had a feeling. And I am hitting print on the Google oh, Doc. That is final. I'm going to print that out and I'm going to sign it right. And let right, me use it. Oh my god. Oh my god. Right. Oh my god. Right. Yeah. Right. Honey. Honey. No. No. Right. Oh god. Oh my god. Right. Let's get Roman in here. He knows CPR. Roman. Come on. Roman, no. Dad is done. Give him CPR quickly. Okay. okay. I got I got this. I got first thing you need to do is look at the copy of the will. No, the will doesn't matter. Save your father's life. Most importantly, if you in a moment like this is the I'm signing first. Yeah, yeah, okay. We're, we need a pen. Who's got a pen? EPR. Please save my husband. Yeah, the P and P, and that stands for pen. I need one. Here you go, sweetie. Here you go. Here's a pen. Okay. Oh, wait. No, wait. Save your father. Wait, hold on. I'm not in this will. Grover. Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh right here. Right my name. Right shit. here. What is Honey, Bitcoin? No. Please don't die. Please don't. This is horrible. I'm not in the will. This is a real tragedy. And scene. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's legal voyage. And I want to thank you for joining me, your captain, on this earmark edition of Laying Down the Law. I'd like to thank my crew, Pia, Jay, and Griffin, for joining me on today's journey into madness. And listener, I'd like to thank you for coming along with us. Wherever you are, you're also here while you're there via the magic of Earmark CPE. I'd also like to thank the OG cello performance CPA, Blake Oliver, for building Earmark CPE, the mighty little app that makes learning fun and free. <clears throat> Mostly free, but now you can subscribe. Isn't that right, Blake? That's right, Billy. And speaking of mighty, thank you to the mighty Q, Quentin Feitner for the mighty cover art. Thank you for the opportunity, Billy. And uh, hey, if you listeners want some cool art of your own, you can find me at fightpro.com. Thank you to David Felton for creating the awesome, all original music. And a special thank you to Jeff at Feitner Productions. Hey, that's me. <laughs> yes, Jeff. That is you. Thank you, Jeff, for making a little boy's radio show dreams 
into a middle-aged man's podcast reality. So until next time... Wait. What's this? You forgot something. What's that? I forgot something, you say? Yeah, you gotta do the thing. You know, the thing. Alright. If you want even more of that delicious legal nut butter drenched in comedy chocolate, find the full version of this and every amazing episode of Laying Down the Law at FightPro.com or wherever in the metaverse you get your podcasts. That's F-Y-T-E-P-R-O dot com. Fighter Productions is not responsible for the preceding comments related to nut butter. If you or someone you know experiences nausea, third eye blindness, sudden onset euphoria, or have an unrelenting craving for ham, seek help immediately. Laying down the law is protected by the Intergalactic Treaty of Euripides, start 821821.90. If you'd like a transcript of the show, please send a self-addressed stamped envelope to... Colonel Steve Austin, care of the Foundation for Law and Government, 221A Baker Street, Beverly Hills, 90210. Any likeness to real places, persons, or events is absolutely happenstance. We'd never intentionally crib real life happenings to make a podcast. We're not true crime after all. It's more likely a situation similar to the chimpanzees, typewriters, and Shakespeare, right? That's what Attorney Steve says anyway. And if you know what's good for you, you listen to Attorney Steve. I don't argue with Attorney Steve, mostly because he ain't right in the head and quite honestly frightens me a little bit. The last time we went to court, the judge started asking him all kinds of weird questions like, where did you study law and why hasn't the State Bar of California ever heard of you? Then Attorney Steve started doing this weird deep breathing meditation kind of thing and muttering under his breath about a monster truck fight and how the judge ain't got nothing on a 15,000 pound, 2,000 horsepower fire breathing death cage on wheels and then the bailiff came running with his taser and honestly, I didn't even ask Attorney Steve to come with me. It was only traffic for God's sake. Besides, I totally parked in the loading truck and I went